Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. God bless you guys. God bless the world, buddy. Let's go racing. This is the Loud Pedal Podcast. A very diverse cast of automobile racing characters. With your host, NBC Sports Television Analyst and part-time midget racer, it's D. Welch and Mr. Dylan Welch. Yeah, you damn right I got that out there. All that stupid-ass flagman. They got a dumb-ass flagman they can't see. And an expert in only one category, food. Now, look how big those things are. Little meat on the bone there. And cook perfect. Well, sometimes racing, but mostly food. When you're talking a, a meal, like before I'm about to die, I will ask for 15 to 20 it's Heavy Lunch, Tyler Burnett. It's episode 75 of the Loud Pedal Podcast on Flow Racing Heavy Lunch. Tyler Burnett coming to you on a March 29th edition of the Loud Pedal Podcast. I'm joined by D. Welch as always. How did uh, the Coda go? Uh, how, did, how did your spotting experience go over the weekend? It was good. Uh, beautiful weather. Worked uh, worked at the truck race for MRN on Saturday too, and um, it was it was good. Austin's an awesome city, so was glad to uh, to get to go down there and, and check that place out finally. Well, double dip, well you know, uh, radio broadcast, and then hop on Briscoe's radio. That's that's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, it was fun. It was uh, you know it worked out obviously well that. I was there already and, and, uh, you know, they always need help on, on the road courses with, with extra guys just around the racetrack to help get them around there. So it was fun. No doubt. Um, where, where did he finish? Uh, I don't even know. We were, we were leading and then, um, had a flat spotted tire and had to pit. And so we fell back and then chase that was towards the end with like 15 to go. And then chase drove back, back, up to like 15th or something. And then we had a right front go flat. So with like two to go. So I don't even, he finished 
somewhere at the back, but I think was definitely good enough to um, contend to the contend for the win with those guys up front there at the end. Just that's how it goes sometimes. Yeah, he's having a good year. Um, already his first Cup Series win. Uh, I want to get him on the podcast at some point. He never answers my text messages though, but he probably watches our show. I'm guessing. Uh, he's always suggesting me guests to have on the show. Um, we did have him on Rip the Fence a couple of times. I think he, we had him on when he we interviewed Jack Hewitt. I think it was me, Kevin, and Briscoe who interviewed Jack Hewitt and Charlotte. I think you were working the Indy 500. And then um, we had him and his dad on at Eldora, actually the year that he won the Mud Summer Classic. Well, you can't call it the Mud Summer Classic anymore, but when the trucks raced at Eldora, uh, he won that race. So um, really good race car driver. Great story. If you don't know the Briscoe story, he basically was working in shops in Charlotte uh, for ARCA team sweeping and then got a chance to test for Cunningham, uh, went on to be an ARCA champion, then, you know, was really good in the, you know, truck and Xfinity series, got wins in both. And um, now he's at the Cup Series level racing for Tony Stewart. I love their commercials, the Mahindra commercials. <laughs> Do you like those? <laughs> you're, you're muted. What'd you say? <laughs> I do like those. Those are funny. <laughs> and then you got Moody at the end. I wonder, I wonder what Moody got paid for that. The official Mahinda tractor of Tony Stewart and Tony Stewart Racing or whatever. Stewart House Racing. <laughs> That's all he says. I know. <laughs> what a gig. But, uh, yeah, I like, yeah, Briscoe's fan of the show. Uh, that's, that was a cool experience. Uh, yeah, Coda was a good race. Ross Chastain. Pitbull's a winner. If, if you're just waking up from, you know, sleep for three years, yes, Pitbull is a car owner in the NASCAR Cup Series, and he won a race yesterday. Um, I love Pitbull as a, as a music star. He's he's fantastic. But, yes, they won in the Cup Series yesterday. Um, will that be our Sundollar Restoration hat shake of the week? Let's find out. This is brought to you by Sundollar Restoration. You can visit them at sundollar.net. They are water, fire, mold, restoration. Uh, in the greater Indianapolis area, I think they're based in Carmel, Indiana, and they'll work with you and your insurance company to fix your house. They also do roofing, um, and they're very good roofers. Uh, Jason's crews are, are amazing, so check them out at sundollar.net. They are our sponsors of our Sundollar Restoration Hat Shake of the Week and great friends. They're back on the podcast uh, on Flow Racing. Who is your hat shake, D. Welch, for this week? Uh, I was going to give mine to Tanner Carrick for his win at, I believe it was Ocean Speedway this past weekend. Had a good little race there with uh, with Justin Sanders for a lot of the race. Um, that was, of course, right here on Flow. So um, give one to him. It's a good one. Tan he was up on the wheel. He's a really good sprint car driver. Good midget driver, too. He won a prelim night. <laughs> the Chili Bowl this year. Uh, so, yeah, Tanner Carrick, that's a really good one. Aaron Reitzel won at I-30 Speedway with the Lucas Oil ASCS Series. So, um, Reitzel's back dabbling with uh, the 360 Sprint cars. I saw Buddy Kofoid and C-Bell won midget races at Port City. I think C-Bell won both the micro races. Um, so, I think he went like three for four in all the races that he had out there at Port City. Our guest today, Gio Selzy. One with the World of Outlaws at Bakersfield. Um, congratulations to him. That's his second World of Outlaws win on the year. He won it to Larry the week before. Uh, Danny Dietrich charged from uh, the back of the field through the field to win at Lincoln. 
Congratulations to Double D. Gravel uh, won at Paris Auto Speedway. So David Gravel back um, in victory lane with the World of Outlaws. Uh, you know, good start to the season for them. They're, they've been uh, strong. They're going to be contenders to win the championship. I know our guest today, he's not a gold member with the World of Outlaws. He's not going to compete in the entire World of Outlaws season. In fact, I don't even think he's allowed to be uh, – you know, in the points chase because he raced at East Bay. Um, and that's a, a World of Outlaws rule. You cannot race uh, a sanctioned race at a track that the Outlaws don't go to, I guess is the rule. Um, so, yeah, they ran with the All-Stars. But I saw Walkipedia put up on uh, Twitter that he is fifth in points currently. Uh, Geo sells you with two victories. He, super strong week, you know, weeks in a stretch in California. And he's going to continue to run with the World of Outlaws as they race at Vado tonight, hopefully, if weather helps them out. And, um, yeah, so so Gio Selvi is going to be on the show today. My hat shake, hmm, I mean, Seabell, that was cherry-picking wins, right? Like, I mean, like, it's it's power it's power eye, but, but you know, good good wins for, I guess, you know, the confidence for Seabell for out there on the dirt. Um, I think, you know, I think maybe Gio – our guests, do we ever do we ever give guests hat shakes? Is that is that a thing? We do that all the time. You do that all the time. I do that. All right. I think it's gonna be. Uh, I think it's gonna be Geo uh, that gets my hat shake. I know. I was looking at TJSlideways.com and their wins list for the year. Uh, Michael Pickens has four um, so far this year overseas. So maybe he should get a Sun Dollar Restoration hat shake of the week. Damian Gardner's been fast. He has three uh, victories. Grant, of course, has three victories. Well, does he now with the with the USAC ruling that came out? I don't know. Um, if you missed that news, I think we talked about it the the week that the Extreme Series put out their penalty report, which featured Chase Dockin and Justin Grant failing tire samples in Volusia. Well, USAC put out a PR statement this week that all four of their top four finishers in Ocala failed tire samples in the USAC national sprint car series, which was Justin Grant, Emerson Axum, Tanner Thorson, and Chase Stockin. Um, they basically said all four failed for the exact same thing and they are looking into it and they're not going to do it. You know, they, they haven't gone on uh, to, to figure out if there are going to be suspensions involved. Typically, something like this, and we saw with C.J. Leary, featured a six-race suspension. D. Welch, that's four of their top four guys that would be suspended. That would not be good. You're muted again. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I'm... Okay. Yeah, I'm curious <laughs> to see what they do because um, they've kind of set a precedent right um in the past so we'll see you know i'm i'm as curious as the next guy to see how they respond to this so time will tell you would think i would think they would have it figured out by now but who knows yeah it was a rather interesting trip to indy last week we were doing some stuff with justin grant for a film that we're doing with uh, he and kyle larson and um, he had to go and, and do his meeting the day of the shoot. So we had to stop our shoot and he had to go do his meeting and we were kind of finding out that way. So we'll see Lawrenceburg is up on us, right? Um, 
the the midgets race this weekend, right? And then Lawrenceburg's next weekend. Lawrenceburg's this weekend. Oh, we're already here to Lawrenceburg. So the Kokomo Grand Prix is the next weekend, then, right? Right. Yes. So, so the USAC Lawrenceburg Sprint Car Opener is this weekend, and they're they're, they're going to have to figure out whether uh, these four are going to be racing or not. Um, so we'll we'll see. Um, we'll see what USAC comes up with, and 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 you know they're probably working with Hoosier to figure out what's going on. Uh, so let's talk to Gio Selzy. He's probably going to have an opinion on that. I think we asked him, and then um, we'll uh, continue the show. So. Thanks to our Sun Dollar Restoration Hat Shakes of the Week. They are, what, Geo Selzy was mine and yours was who? Tanner Carrick. Tanner Carrick. We are also presented by Quick Pits and QuickPits.com. It's your one-stop shop for over 350,000 parts and accessories for the brands you man. Truck, Jeep, Auto, and ATV with fast, free shipping to your door. Use promo code FLOWSPORTS at checkout. That is QuickPits.com, our presenting sponsor of the loud pedal podcast also visit our friends at dirt draft and dirtdraft.com. i was already working on setting my lineup uh tonight at vado for the world of outlaw sprint car series you can watch on dirt vision and our friends over there um dirt, dirt draft is a really cool game you use promo code flow racing and new subscribers will free will receive a free dirt draft t-shirt if you use promo code flow racing at checkout so do that please they have over 500 events from all the major series uh, on dirt racing each event the user has one hundred thousand dollars to spend on five drivers it's a really fun game um check it out dirtdraft.com play vado tonight with the world of outlaw sprint car series uh please do that you'll you'll see geo selzy featured there he is next this is the loud pedal podcast on flow racing The race cars too are historic. They are the ancestors of the current Indianapolis car. As we get ready for exciting USAC dirt car racing. Well, we're not here for horses. We're here for horsepower. We're back on episode 75 of the Loud Pedal Podcast here on Flow Racing. We're welcome. We're welcoming me in the show today, Gio Selzy, who is not, I don't think he's a gold member with the Outlaws, but he's currently fifth in points after a, a remarkable start with the World of Outlaws uh, this year. You guys have been really fast. Um, I guess we can get that out of the way. Are you going to run the full season or are you just going to just gonna you know pick off the points for the beginning of the year here? Nope. So our plan, um, obviously, we brought Dylan and Buzzwell on as a crew chief late last year. Our first race was actually Lakeside when we won. So um, just kind of getting our motors in order, making sure we gel as a crew chief and a driver combination. So our plan was not to run the Outlaws, and it still is not to run the Outlaws. So um, I don't even think we could do it if we wanted to because we ran East Bay, which is not an Outlaw-sanctioned racetrack this year. Um, but it just kind of – it's early in the year. I think it's easy to get to get kind of excited and want to run for the points, even though we've only run 10 races. So. Um, it's a long season and something I wouldn't say we're not prepared for, but um, maybe just uh, relationships and stuff need to you know grow a little bit more before we run the whole outlaw deal. I think that's one of the more interesting parts about the tour is that, you know, people maybe on the outside think that you just need to have, you know, big motors and, and the crew and everything to just do it. But there's a lot more, right, that goes into doing it and doing it right and then making it last the whole year. Like you can make it last for 
a month or two, but there's a lot more, right, that, that you have to have in order to to make it work the entire year. Oh, for sure. Um, I think last year after nationals, it was a complete disaster with engines and, um, you know, different manufacturers and trying different things and just um, wasn't really going our way and, and kind of just came back to square one with Brian Morris and building our engines um, and tried to just get moving in a one direction um, with Dylan as a crew chief, Adam as our car chief and Aaron as a, as the third guy. Um, and just when you, you look at successful teams, they've had the same three guys for four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years even. Um, so I think that, that says something about it. And like I said, bringing on Dylan, not very long ago, uh, everything has seemed to gel really quick and, and we've only raced together for, I don't know, probably 20 races, I'd say. So it's still a very, very fresh relationship. You know, early on in your World of Outlaws career, you won pretty early, right? You, you and Bernie went out to Pennsylvania and won, and um, you're like this, you know, this next kid's on the scene. And then uh, there are a few years years in there where you, you know, you guys were still working on your package, getting things right. Is this the best you guys have been uh, since you've gotten a sprint car? Do you think? Um, I think so. I think um, hiring Dylan and um, last year Bernie, you know, just didn't have the time to make it make it every race. So it was between me and Adam. Essentially, um, you know, I was working the car quite a bit. And, uh, more involved in the ordering of parts and, and the, you know, servicing of engines and just felt like I couldn't really focus 100% on driving. And now I think I have three solid guys that are there all the time. I can focus on going to the gym and mental strength, physical strength, all that stuff, where I'm not worried about whether the engine is serviced. I can just get in the race car, you know, clean my helmet and, and close the visor and race. I think the last time we had you on our other show, you were in the middle of doing your stock car stuff or maybe you had just finished or something like that. And you were kind of at that crossroads where you were trying to decide if you wanted to continue to pursue the NASCAR thing, or if you wanted to just, you know, be a full-time dirt guy, you've obviously made that decision now. Um, are you enjoying racing again? I mean, are you, are you having fun doing what you're doing? And, and, you know, obviously the success helps too, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, 2020, everything kind of happened so fast between starting the stock car deal and, um, getting with KCP Racing, um, it was kind of a blur, um, you know, trying to decide what I wanted to do at the same time and um, give an answer to Toyota and, and not drag anybody along and feel like I'm not giving anybody 100%. So um, definitely was the right decision for sure. And I think I've, I've definitely found a home with KCP Racing. And it, it just sometimes feels nice to feel like you're wanted in an operation, um, which I think you know how it is sometimes in the, in the stock car world or in those, you know, higher up divisions when you don't do the job the next guys in line so um which is the same way with sprint car racing too but i think you have a little bit more of a relationship with your team and um it's a little bit more personal than, than the stock car world is when you made that decision um you know you obviously told toyota and they still wanted to help you out right they they put engines in your car and i think the first toyota sprint car was was um you know yours are you guys still running toyotas are you guys still working with them How, how's that uh, working out no so at the end of last year um uh, we ran them um, uh, after Knoxville Nationals to right at Lakeside was our first night we pulled it out and put a Chevy back in. So um, it just, they were, we were kind of moving in different directions. Um, that's kind of the simplest way I can say it. Um, there wasn't a lot of uh, agreeance on what direction we needed to go. Um, that's about as politically correct as I can be about it. So um, yeah, no, we're back on Chevys now. Brian Morrison builds our engines. So um, he builds our stuff and, and David Gravel stuff. So he does a great job. He's been with KCP for, I think, five or six years now. So um, we have a whole slew of them and they all seem to run really good. What is that process like as, as far as developing a new engine goes? I mean, it, it's, 
you know, the block is kind of the block, but you've obviously got all the different other components and stuff that you're working on. Like, is that something where they came to you with, you know, things that they thought were going to work and you just had to try them. And if it didn't work, it didn't work. Or just like, I know that the relationship maybe didn't end like you wanted it to, but just kind of take us through that process of how you develop a new, you know, a new product like that. Yeah. So they, they kind of wanted to go to the root of, of what worked. We're just going to just better what already works, which was a great idea. I thought um, we put it in at Volusia to start 2021 and uh, we broke it and they kind of went back to the drawing board board and uh, we're trying to look whether it was a, an engineering issue or a part failure or what exactly happened. Um, we got it back at the Kings Royal the first night, had some more problems with it, uh, which any any engine like that, you're going to have to expect to have problems. You can dyno it all day long. And then when you put it in a race car, it's going to be completely different with, you know, water flow and, and you know, how it burns with fuel and, and actually being on the racetrack uh, is, is completely different than on a dyno, obviously. So um, we tested with it a little bit. And um, from the first, you know, first engine they got us, there wasn't much, much change throughout it. And it seemed like our results started to struggle and um, relationships kind of soured and um, nothing really. Uh, yeah, just, it just didn't seem like we were moving in the same direction. I, I, I didn't have a crew chief or did, did have a crew chief, but Bernie wasn't there full time. So it was, it was kind of, you know, me essentially translating through Bernie at the racetrack, setting the car up with the help of Adam and um, just kind of a, just a slew of problems that kind of compounded into an issue where we eventually parted ways. So, um, I didn't get to see the development side of it very much, which is unfortunate, but um, I think now they've they've kind of chosen their guys with Aaron and, and Carrie, and I think Carrie already pulled it out. So, um, yeah, I think um, just trying to focus on focus on our deal now. The biggest challenge, as, as most, you know, wing sprint car racers know, is you can create all the power you want, right? Like Ford was figuring that out. Like you can have the most power in those cars, but that's not how you win races, right? Like you have to figure out how to get the power down to the racetrack and you have to, you know, figure out how to, to get slowed down in the slick track and still handle. Right. I mean, there's, you know, power's not everything in sprint car racing, especially in the middle of summer. Oh, for sure. Um, there, there's many nights, um, where we kill over a hundred horsepower for the feature. So we run, uh, reducers in the stacks, which kill airflow, um, nozzles that, um, don't spray the fuel. Um, and so much in the stream, it kind of tries to uh, spray it out a little bit more, um, spread out to kill power um sometimes we'll put mufflers on sometimes we put reducers in the headers themselves to kill power there's all kinds of things we do essentially there's only probably 10 racetracks on the schedule that you qualify at that you're completely wide open where an engine truly makes a difference i think a lot of times with if the track's slick qualifying or you can detune you know throughout the whole night you know starting hot laps qualifying feature so um it is for sure you have to have a drivable engine if your engine is is explosive there's no matter you can do whatever you want to the race car you're not going to get to hook the rear tires up how much fun are you and uh you and dom having just both of you guys kind of you know coming off of of good last few months and and you know year for dom and everything but it's it's a good time to be a selsey right now i feel like that's for sure him with his daughter that that's really cool and me being an uncle for yeah. the first time that's that's fun it kind of puts into perspective a whole new side of life i guess I mean, I think Dom's starting to realize that too. It's not all about racing essentially, which he obviously takes it very seriously still, but um, you get to go home and see your daughter and um, it kind of puts into perspective what, what matters a little bit more than racing. And it does for me too, a little bit. Um, and for us to run good obviously helps. And Dom had a very, very strong California swing, and especially for them changing, changing tires was, was a big, um, big change for them uh, with the race car and how, how the thing handles. And I think they did a great job. Jimmy is obviously very smart. Jimmy Carr is crew chief. So 
Um, I know it wouldn't take long for them to figure it out. So I think they'll be very, very strong when the Outlaws come back through Skagit and, and Gold Cup. What do you mean by changing tires? So the West Coast was the, I think, the only 410 series that they ran an HDW right rear and an RD12 left rear, which essentially is a, the right rear is, is two inches wider. So it's an 18-inch wide right rear tire compared to the tires we run, which are called H15s, which are 16 inches wide. So the whole carcass itself is much different. Um, they're supposed to be non-growth tires. They're supposed to slow the race cars down was what they were initially built for. So pretty much the entire country except California was on an H15, H12, which is what the Outlaws run. And just this last year, uh, Hoosier has discontinued their growth tires, per se, the HTW and RD12 for the West Coast uh, 410. So they have to run the tires we run now. So how it used to work was they'd run their growth tires all year. And then when the Outlaws came, it, they seemed to struggle just because they had to change their tire carcass. So now they're going to be on this this stamp tire all year long. So I think once they get a year with it and once they get to race with it for a year, they'll be much better. I know the reason why the tires thing perked up was because there's a lot of, you know, issues right now. I don't even know if issues is the right word, but um, with USAC coming out and saying that all four of their top four guys, you know, failed for the exact same things um, in, in Ocala. And then, um, you know, the Extreme Series had issues too. So it seems like the, it's a non-wing tire. I don't know if, if the tires are different or not, but, um, you know, with conversations with some of the guys who have failed – they're saying that, you know, the, the, they're all failing for the same thing. So it obviously has got to be a manufacturer issue, right? <laughs> you know, honestly, I don't know. I, I've never dabbled in the, in the tire dope scene. Um, you know, I don't know. I think that them guys, um, I don't know much about non-wing racing, but I know they ran a medium tire. It's been a medium forever. And now I think with the tire shortages and stuff, they've allowed them to run H15s, which are a little bit softer, I think. Um, so I don't know. I don't really have much to comment on. On I think if you get if you get you know bounced for tire dope, then there's you know not much to really say. I think if your if your tire comes back and doesn't sample right, I think you you were cheating. I think it's as simple as that. You know. Yeah, it is right. I know I've never doped a tire, and I've never been caught for cheating, so I haven't had to haven't had to worry about it. Are the outlaws pulling samples a lot, like every race, or how often is? It? Um, I know they they bounce around with what they tech, whether it's wings or um, mag boxes. They they do a really good job of of testing. Uh, I know Knoxville tests tires. They don't test tires every race, um, but I know they they've taken chunks out. It just sucks because they have to send it to a lab. So essentially, you figure it out a week or two later, or even longer. Um, so it's it's kind of hard to disqualify someone two weeks after the race is over. People have a hard time kind of um, you know understanding that. But I think. Um, you know, you got to police it any way you can because guys are going to figure out ways to bend the rules, whether it's with mag boxes or traction control or um, whatever the whatever the you know way may be. Muted, Dylan. Oh, I must have turned it off. I had it. I had thought I had <laughs> it turned on there. What's next for you guys, Gio? Where are you running next? So we're going to run tonight, hopefully in uh, Vado. This weekend's Lawton and Devils Bowl. The following weekend will be US 36 and Lake Ozark. And we're going to run the Outlaws until I think they go, they go, I think they go to Hopstot and we're going to run Knoxville instead. And then we'll go to Bristol. We're going to hit, a, I think it's like 60 Outlaw races. Um, whenever they go to the West Coast for Gold Cup, we're going to go to the East Coast, um, race Pennsylvania, Tusky 50, Dirt Classic, all that stuff. It just makes more sense for us. It's a lot closer, um, pays a little bit better with, with those races up front. Um, Tusky 50 is obviously a huge race. And, um, then we'll we'll gather them back up, 
after nationals now the jackson nationals moved the week after knoxville will run that like i said then go to pennsylvania and then we'll run that stuff at the end of the year i think it's like national open port royal then world finals obviously your two wins this the season um coming out to larry and, and bakersfield you know places that you have laps at was that a coincidence you know was that a coincidence or not um, I don't know. Any any kind of home field advantage helps. Um, I haven't actually. I never race. I haven't raced in California since 2019. So, um, you know, racing with the outlaws, they they don't care. It they they race so many different racetracks, different clay, different size, um, different weather. I mean that that affects everything too. So, um, you know, I think trying to go into a a race like that that you have, you know, a lot of those guys probably have more laps there than I do anyway, but. Uh, it is a home field advantage for sure. Home home field fans, your family's there. You want to do better in front of a front of your friends and family like that. And Bakersfield, I've only been there one time. So um, I think racing, it's weird to say, but racing out of California, racing a lot of different racetracks has helped me when I come back because you don't think about, I've been here a bunch, I should win. It's just, it's any other racetrack. You think of it kind of as, uh, you know, they're all the same. They're all dirt and they're all around. We know, we know how cool your dad is, right? Like, uh, of course you know, NHRA, uh, master. Um, what's he like as a grandpa? Is he like the fun grandpa, like spoiling, you know, Dom's kid? Like what, you know, how, how is he as grandpa sells Cause I imagine he's pretty wild. 100%. He, he lights up when he sees, when he sees Stella. So when he sees me and Dom, it's kind of like, Oh, Hey guys, do you have the baby with you? Or, you know, you guys can go away. I don't, I don't need to see you guys anymore. So it's a whole new, uh, new life for him, for sure. Being a grandfather. And, uh, I think he loves it. He's got a he's got a dog now that he spoils too, and in between the dog and Stella, they get all his attention. I'm sure you guys had a lot of fun out on the California swing out there hanging out. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, my dad has a big enough shop where we parked there, and then actually Donnie Shots parked there. So we had a couple cookouts and stuff, and had them over to the house. So it's it's always a fun time. It's something I've remembered since I was probably ten years old. I, I remember I come home from school, and the guys would be at the shop working on the race cars. So. Um, that was cool. It's, it's kind of just been a tradition for the, the Donnie's team to come to the West Coast. And now that I have a team that is from out of state, we get to stay there. So it was it was a fun time. I've been also meaning to ask you, so you're you're such a good midget racer, right? Like you you run some races for Chad and you, you know, you had some success at the Chili Bowl. I know you're a guy that's like, I don't care about going midget racing. I'd rather go overseas and race, you know, in Australia. Um with with COVID restrictions kind of lifting and stuff like that, do you think you'll end up going back to Australia this year? Man, I sure hope so. Having an Australian crew chief and an Australian car owner, essentially, they they have ties over there and have family over there still. So um, I would love to go. I always really enjoyed going. And it's just a bit of a different atmosphere. And um, hopefully now we get into a position where we can, you know, put our, our car we run at the end of the year, a worn-out car, or, um, a used car, I guess I should say, in a crate and send it over there. Um, just, just so your seat fits and you know what you have exactly, um, you know, have driven for a couple guys over there and, and I had a lot of fun. I just, uh, there's a couple races I still have on my list to win over there. I won the president's cup, which was really cool. The classics, obviously one of them King's challenge is one of them. So, uh, I want to race in WA for sure. There, there's a lot I still want to do over there and hopefully whenever things get back to normal over there, I, I can go race again. Cool. Well, we thank you for coming on the show. It's always good to talk to you and, you know. We're big fans of the Celsies, so congratulations on the success at the start of the year, and uh, go go keep kicking their ass. I want to see you like get the points lead before you jump off the tour. That would be sick. Yeah, just do a mic drop. See you guys. I don't want to win the points. I'm out. <laughs> get out of here, big cat. I, you, you, you know, then at the end of the year, you could be like, I was going to win the championship, but you know, 
uh, yeah, that way I can talk shit and be like, oh, I was going to win. I just didn't feel like it. I had it in the bag. So <laughs> that's right. That's right. All right, man. Thanks for coming on. Cool. Thank you guys. See ya.